morning we're going to be talking about leadership and the reason that we're talking about leadership is that because as a church um, every year at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year actually we receive nominations for elders and deacons. Uh, the congregation is able to nominate people to the elders. The elders then take that, they seek the Lord on it. If they believe it's someone that the Lord is saying yes to, then they take it to the deacons. And if they say yes, then it's brought to the congregation. However, if it's someone that uh, the elders believe the Lord is saying no, not yet, um, not ready, then we go to them and say, we're sorry, we just don't believe the Lord is saying it's time yet. So this morning what I want to do is I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about what that is because we don't want to just be throwing names out there because we like how so-and-so looks or we think they're a nice person. Um, leadership, there's, there's a lot of weight to it and so that's what we want to talk about this morning. First scripture I want to go to is not our main text. Um, the first scripture I want to go to actually comes out of Luke, and it just talks about um, leadership in general that Jesus was sharing. In Luke chapter 22, in verse 24, um, Jesus has something to say about leadership, and he's going to contrast what leadership is in the kingdom Okay, in the kingdom and in the church compared to the world. And this is so important because, listen to me, we misunderstand leadership. We don't even know what it is. And the reason is, is because 99% of the examples that we are given are not leadership in the church. It is the exact opposite of what leadership actually is. And so we have this misunderstanding of what it is. And because we have this misunderstanding, many, many of us are like, yeah, I want that. I want that. Because all we see is people who take leadership and use it for themselves and their friends, right? I'm the boss. You go do the work. Well, guess what? That's not what Jesus did. And he's our prime example of leadership. What did he do? He served the whole time he was here. He served. He went without eating. He went without drinking. He put other people before himself. And he put the Father and the Father's will before other people. When other people said, go do this, go do this, we want you to do this, he said, no. I will do only what the Father says. And because of that, what happened to him? He was killed. He was hated because he would not do what others wanted just because they wanted. He instead did only what the Father told him to do and he served. That's what leadership is. So when we understand that, it takes on a whole new meaning whether or not we actually want to do that or not. So let's look at what he says. Jesus says in verse 24, they began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we do this? I, I, I mean... I don't want to put my kids on the spot, but this is like a conversation that they have, okay? Well, guess what? It's not just them. It's us too. But as we get older, sometimes we get 
a little more clever about it. And even if we don't vocalize it, we have the thoughts, right? Well, I could do better than them. What a bonehead. And those are the thoughts we have. And so that's what they're doing. But they're getting it out there. I do a better job than you. What's your problem, John? Yeah, I mean, you can just see them. And these are the people that Jesus has picked to spread the gospel. Why are they doing it? Because it's in our flesh. It's in our flesh. It's in your flesh. And I say that so that you know this. You can overcome it by the blood of Jesus and the Spirit, but you must crucify it. You must first acknowledge it, look where it's at, and crucify it. So Jesus says to them this in verse 25. He says, In this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people. Yet, they are called friends of the people. I really want to point that out because as we talk about leadership actually being service, I want to stress again, 99% of what we see is the opposite. Even for those of you who grew up in churches, you saw example after example of those who were supposed to be leading by serving and they were using it to serve themselves and others that they liked. That is not the kingdom. It's not the kingdom. And here's what you've got to understand. It can be different. I can't say to myself, well, that's what everybody else does. So that's the path I'm just going to take. No, because that's not what the word says. And so I can't just go with that. I've got to say it doesn't matter if that's the only example I've ever been given. I've got to say I'm going to do it different because I've been given the example of Jesus. And I have thankfully, been given other examples in my life. I mentioned a while back my mentor, Jonathan. He was somebody who showed me in flesh and blood what it looked like to serve others and not use leadership to serve themselves. It can be done, but we've got to be committed to it and we've got to be willing to die to our flesh. But again, what's so tricky though is that, notice it says, yet they're called friends of the people. What makes a really good politician? A really good politician is someone that can convince you that they don't want to do things for themselves, but yet they do it, right? That what, that's what makes them so good at it. And so what happens is we get jaded, and I get jaded too. Because when I hear someone who says they actually want to serve, I'm like, I've heard that one before. But you know what? It is possible. For the person who submitted to the Lord, it's possible. But among you, it will be different. It will be different. And see, notice he's taking these people who are arguing about who's the greatest, and he's saying it will be different. He can do it. Even though that's our flesh, he can do it. It will be different. Those who are the greatest among you shall take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Again, Jesus is the ultimate example. He was and is our leader. Yet, what did he do with them? He led them, but he served them. He was the first to go before them. I had a wise person tell me once that people are not cattle And I'm not a cowboy called to drive them. 
Because they saw in me that that was my tendency, was to just push people. And it is, because I'm a driven person. And so I'm like, hey, let's get going. But that's not what God's called me to. He's called me to shepherd, which means getting out in front and then inviting people along. But that's not my flesh. And so I've got to surrender to the Spirit in order for that to happen. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? Well, the one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. So I just want to get that out front. When we talk about leadership, what leadership is in the church and in the kingdom is, are you willing to serve more than others? Because that's what leadership is. Uh, our leadership elders and deacons were talking recently. We've been reading a book on unity. And one of the things that popped out to me that we're not doing well. Well, first of all, let me talk about the things I do think we're doing well. I don't think that we are a church that lifts ourselves up above other churches and says we're better. I don't think we're that church. We say that we're just part of the bigger church. We're part of the kingdom. And, you know, we have an elder, a previous elder here, who's, who's preaching at another church. And we say, yes to that. Amen. Why? Because we are about the kingdom. We're not about growing this church. We're about growing the kingdom. So I feel like we do pretty good at that. Also, we're not a, a, a church that lifts ourselves up and says, you know, we've got everything figured out and we only want people who come out of this stream or that stream. We say come in, you know, you, you come out of whatever background in the church. Come on. If you're following Jesus, come on. You don't have to act a certain way, speak a certain way to be a part of us. We say, come on. But one of the things that it talked about when it talks about love, and when people talk about love, sometimes I'm kinda, I kind of shut down because usually they're talking about being all you know, emotional and mushy and I, I'm not that guy. But one of the things it talked about is that loving is not keeping each other at a distance. And that really hit me right here. Because that's who I am. I tend to keep people at a certain distance. Why do I do that? Because I've been hurt. And so to try and protect myself, I do this. Well, guess what? I can't actually lead you if I'm doing that. And if I'm doing that, then what's going to happen? Well, then Others in the leadership are going to do that. And then the church is going to do that. And so we're not coming together as, as God wants us to because we're doing this. And it starts with me. And so we talked about in the leadership how we've got to start to model that. And, and if you're waiting for everybody to be like you and everybody to agree with you to drop your arms, it's not going to happen. When you look at our leadership, for instance, we're very different people. That is God's design. He brought us all in because we all have pieces. And it's the same with us here in the church. You have pieces that we need, but you've got to be willing to serve with it. And, and that means being vulnerable, okay? And, and also in leadership, what it means is it means going out when others are, are even unwilling to. It's being the first to go forward. Instead of getting mad and saying, why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing that? It's modeling something. For those of you who are parents, does it work to preach at your kids if you're not doing it? It doesn't, you know? 
Do as I say, not as I do. Doesn't work. You have to model it. And that's tough. And so for that reason, leadership kind of stinks. In some ways, I really wish somebody would fire me because I don't like to carry this weight. I just want to go tend my cows, okay? Because there I can be a cowboy and I can push them. Actually, that doesn't work. And the Lord's taught me that that actually doesn't even work with them. So that's a whole nother message. But anyways, the point is leadership is about service. So next, here's where I want to go. I want to go to the main text, which is in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And in this text, it talks about qualifications for elders and deacons, because that's what we're making nominations for. And by the way, if you want to make a nomination, what we're asking is that you write that down, you sign it, and you hand it to one of the elders. The elders here currently are myself, Chris Stubblefield, and George Thompson. As many of you know, David Rogers isn't able to be with us right now. So those three are the ones that would be receiving it. So what we're asking is that you would look over what we're about to, to look at, You would pray about that and you would say, Lord, is there anyone that matches this that you're calling to step into this? And a couple things I want to say about this. Again, we were talking about some of this in Sunday school. These are things that God is forming in us. None of us are perfect in it. And all of us have a past that is the exact opposite of it. And so what we're looking at is where are we at today and are we walking in these things? And another thing I want to say as we go through this, as you read through some of these qualifications, you can be like, holy cow, who, who matches any of this? And sometimes we also get bad perceptions of what it actually is. Remember this, Jesus is always our model. And so as we read through some of this, you kind of get the feeling that, you know, an elder deacon is kind of a wimp, frankly, but that's not who Jesus was. Uh, You know, for instance, the the scripture is going to say somebody who's not violent. Well, guess what? At times, Jesus got aggressive. He drove people out of the temple. And remember, Jesus is God, and God has called for people to be killed many, many times. So when we talk about violent, for instance, we're not talking about someone who's a wimp and is unable to fight or unwilling to fight. We're just talking about someone who doesn't go around pushing their weight around, being a bully all the time. That's what we're talking about. Also, when you think about Jesus and you think about him talking to people who came at him, uh, another thing we're going to read in here is that, you know, they're not quarrelsome. (laughs) Well, you know, Jesus got into some pretty heated debates. But he wasn't quarrelsome. What does that mean? That means that he didn't go around constantly picking fights. But sometimes he did on purpose because he had a greater purpose for it. So I just want you to remember those things as we look through some of these things that it's sharing. All right, so 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. This is a letter from Paul to Timothy, and, and he's having Timothy establish churches, and he's saying, okay, we need to establish leadership. This is what it looks like. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So 
Some of your versions might say overseer there. That word that's translated church leader, that can mean overseer, pastor, elder. All of those are interchangeable. So that's what we're talking about here. Notice, first of all, he talks about someone who aspires to be that. Leadership is tough because it's about service. It's about carrying spiritual weight. It's about going before people. It's about caring for people. And so if God has not put a desire in there and you don't have that, don't even think about it. Okay? There's got to be that desire. God's had to have put it in there. So that's the first thing. Verse 2 says, A church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. Now the first thing I want to look at there is notice it does say man. And don't get mad at me for it. It's not my call. It's God's call. He says man. But once again, our culture, we get so upset about this stuff because we don't understand what leadership is. We think leadership is somebody sitting on their throne barking orders. That's not leadership. Leadership is getting down and serving. Scripture says that the husband is supposed to lead the way that Christ led and Christ gave his life for the church. So when we understand leadership, okay, and we stop looking at it the way the world does, then we stop fighting for positions, that's not what this is. This is who's going to serve more. And God's saying, I've called the men to serve in a greater way. That's what he's done. Does that mean that men are greater? Absolutely not. I shared a scripture a few weeks ago. We are equal partners. Absolutely equal. But we all have different roles. And part of what you're going to see in this is even elder and deacon. Are those the same role? No, they're not. Is every deacon going to serve as an elder? No, because we all have different roles. Is everyone going to preach? <laughs> I never wanted to, but I'm here. I don't even want this role. I've told you that. I would rather do something else. But guess what? I don't get to choose. That's the way the kingdom works. God is God, and I'm not. So he says above reproach. What does that mean? Does that mean you're walking in perfection? Absolutely not. Uh, when we talk about reproach, it's talking about someone um, who could uh, basically, who, who, where you, and it's going to talk about this later, where you don't have a good reputation among people, where people look at you and say, you know, there's so much cause for reproach on that person. So that's something we need to ask ourselves. You know, is this someone who's in the community that people would say, what? They're serving? That, that doesn't make sense. All right, next, he must be faithful to his wife. Why is that important? Because God's called us to commit ourselves, okay, if we are in a marriage relationship to one person. When it comes to serving in the church, it's about being committed to the Lord and committed to a people. If we can't be committed in our marriage, we're not going to be committed in the church and to Jesus either. It goes hand in hand. That's part of the reason that God is so... Uh, when you read through the Word, I mean, sexual immorality is mentioned over and over and over and the judgment that will come. And the reason for that is, is because it's very connected to our spiritual um, 
commitment or surrender to the Lord that we see in our physical relationships. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, have a good reputation. So again, when we talk about self-control, I mean, again, there were times where it maybe looked like Jesus was out of control. I mean, if you just came into the temple and see him rushing everybody out, you're like, whoa, I don't know if that guy's got self-control. No, he had self-control because he had control of when he let it out and when he didn't. And once again, we're, none of us are Jesus. There are going to be times where we are not exercising self-control. But what we're looking at is, is that something that dominates them? Or is it something that, yes, at times, I, I mean, you know, maybe you lost control at the dinner table last night and ate things you shouldn't. I mean, maybe you said something you shouldn't to one of your family members. But is that the continual thing that happens with you? He must enjoy having guests in his home and be able to teach. Why? Because it's all about serving people. That's what it's about. It's not about barking orders. And both of these are interesting because, you know, teaching is something that I'll, I'll just go right to. I've got no problems with that. But sometimes people like me who have no problems teaching or preaching, well, when it comes to, you know, really forming relationships and just inviting people into your home, maybe you struggle with that. And so that's why God gave me a wife like Nikki who wants everybody to come over constantly and just never leave. But I, that's something that I've had to grow in, okay? And so you've also got those that <clears throat> they're all, you know, they're a people person. Well, guess what? They've also got to be able to, to teach because that's, that's what leadership is about. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. So once again, when we talk about violence, there are times that God is violent. Uh, we're, we read in Scripture, you know, Jesus, He's going to come back and He's going to take out those who've said no. This is not about, you know, being a Mr. Rogers, which even I'm told he was willing to fight when it came down to it. But anyways, my point is, is that it's not that you're unwilling to fight or unable. It's just that you're not... You're not a person who walks around being a bully and just constantly looking for a scrap. That's what we're talking about here. Also, the, the heavy drinker part. You know, some of you come out of backgrounds where you've been told you can't touch alcohol. Well, that's fine if some churches want to say that. That is not the scripture, okay? What we're talking about here is someone who is really given over to it, someone who is, is constantly not sober, um, but that, that's not the scripture. When you read through the scripture, Jesus really did turn water into wine. And by the way, he didn't turn water into wine because it was bad water, and that's the only reason they drank wine back then. Some people spread that. That is so ridiculous. If you've been to a third world country today, guess what? They have bad water. You don't see people drinking wine all the time because they got bad water. They still drink the water. When the people were going through the wilderness, Moses didn't tap the, the rock and out came wine. It was water, okay? So, I mean, my point is, is that if you want to be that way, that's totally fine. And God calls some people to totally abstain. But that's not the scripture. So don't try to put things on that are not in the scripture. Don't get me started. All right. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. So again, I, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at Jesus, Jesus was gentle. But yet Jesus was firm when he needed to be. So we're not talking about a wimp here. We're just talking about somebody who's in control. They don't love money. 
Does that mean they don't have money? We want poor people? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not what this means. It means that they're, they're not obsessed with it. it. It means that they're willing to accept whatever God has given them. And I certainly struggle with that. I don't know about you, but that's something that God's constantly taking me through. Um, he, he wants to bless and so on, but it's got to be something that I'm not focused on. Because what happens, you know, Scripture talks about you can't have two masters. You're going to love one and hate the other. So if I'm so focused on money, it's going to get in my way. <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to serve because I'm going to be constantly looking for ways to increase the money that I have. He must manage his own family well having children who respect and obey him. Does that mean they've got perfect kids? <laughs> no, okay? You've heard the statement, oh, the preacher's kids. That's not what we're talking about here. But here's what we are talking about. We are talking about someone who is able to lead. Because if they can't lead their kids, and again, it doesn't mean they're perfect kids, but if they're unable to lead their kids, how are they going to lead people in the church? They're not. It's kind of like looking at the fruit. Okay? They might be a really nice person, and maybe they're really good friends with their kids, but if they're not actually leading them, there's a problem there. And he says, verse 5, For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer, because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. So even if this person's growing really fast, and we're seeing all kinds of great things, we want to wait. Why? Because when you step into something, sometimes it can go to your head, and you can be like, oh, look at me, I'm, I'm so good. That's our flesh. It's all our flesh. So it's better if, it, if, if there's a time. You know, when you think about, for instance, uh, when you compare... King Saul to King David. King Saul was thrust right into the kingship. And what happened? He didn't last long because it went to his head and he stopped depending on God and he started looking to himself. King David, King David from the time he was a teenager until he was 30 was being trained and running. He didn't get to just step into the kingship. What happened from that? He had a dynasty that would be eternal. Because Jesus would come out of that dynasty. Because he was willing to go through the training. So we want to be careful with that. We don't want to throw people in too soon. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Verse 8. In the same way, deacons must be well respected and have integrity. The scripture speaks about Elders, overseas pastors, those are all the same. And then it speaks about deacons. The word deacon means servant. It means minister. Now, part of the hard thing in the Greek is, in the Greek, the word deacon was just used when it talked about somebody serving tables. Oh, that, you know, we would say that was a, a waiter, waitress, whatever. They would say, oh, that's a deacon. That's all it means. But then in the church, what they did was they took this word that just meant serving and, and they're, they're, here, it's obviously talking about a position. So it's talking about someone in the church that holds a position of serving. It's different than the overseer. It's different than the elder. They're leading by serving, but they're still serving. Okay? And so again, it means the same thing as minister. Now, 
couple things that uh, where churches get mixed up. The, for those of you who come out of the Christian churches, churches of Christ, they call the preacher minister. Well, yeah, we're all ministers. We're all servants. Is that the proper word? Absolutely not. It is not biblical, and I'll stand with anyone on that. It's not biblical. Why? Because the preacher is called a pastor. That's what he's called to do. That is the proper word. Minister, deacon, not the proper word. Also, for those of you who come out of the Baptist churches, your leaders were called deacons. Fine, whatever. It's not biblical. What they were actually exercising as was elders. They were exercising as overseers. Okay, it's not a big deal. They were doing the job, but it's just not biblical. The biblical pattern is you have elders and you have deacons. And that's what we are pursuing as a church is the biblical pattern and not just going off of some tradition that was handed down to us. So in the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers and dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith, now revealed, and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, let them serve as deacons. So, again, when a nomination is brought, we're, we're going to look at them, okay? And we're going to talk to other people. Because maybe there's things that, that, that we're not seeing. Why? Because we want to protect the church, okay? We also want to protect that person. Verse 11, it doesn't stop there. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. Even if the husband, even if he is, is growing in his faith and serving in the Lord, we want to be careful about putting them into a place of servant leadership in the church if their wife is not there. Okay, If their wife is constantly gossiping and spreading, spreading slander and so on, it's, it's going to affect the church even if she's not the one serving in that place, but her husband is. And quite frankly... <clears throat> We've seen it, okay? And it's not good. And so that's something that we're going to look at. And so sometimes we might have to say no to someone, not because of them, but because of their spouse. And guess what? They can't make choices for their spouse. There's the, I mean, we, we are impacted by our family. Now, <laughs> I mean, thankfully for me, I mean, most of you put up with me because of my wife. But think about it from her point of view. I mean, you know, she can't make choices for me. And sometimes she gets really embarrassed by me and wants to hide under a bleacher or something like that. Oh, no, come down. <laughs> All right, I'm going to push through this. We're running out of time. Verse 12, a deacon must be faithful to his wife. He must manage his children and household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. So currently, I mentioned the elders. Currently, we have serving as deacons uh, Shane Smith, Shane Garner, Mike McKee, um, and also, who's that? Oh, John Spence. <laughs> uh, so those are the four that we currently have serving as deacons. So... Uh, pray about that. If there's anyone else that you think should serve as a deacon or if there's someone that you think should serve as an elder, but, but seriously, don't, don't just, 
Don't just go with your thoughts. Okay, seek the Lord on this. Look at the Scripture again. Read through it. Ask the Lord. And then, because here's the deal. We're going to look at it, and we're not just going to say, okay, yeah. But then we have to go to that person. Uh, if, the, if we feel like the Lord's saying no, we've got to go to that person and talk to that person. So don't just... Don't just throw names at us, okay? Make sure that there's someone who's actually a member of the church. <laughs> you know, go through these things. Um, but, but this is God's design, and so we want to follow that. And so um, the whole church is a part of that. Um, but just, just pray about that. If the Lord puts someone on your heart, let us know. Father, thank you um, for your word.